Bob Roberts. Now here is a man who has adopted the persona and mindset of the free-thinking rebel and turned it on itself. The rebel conservative. <laughs> that is deviant brilliance. Where's the line where admiration turns into a cult of personality? When does political popularity become something more sinister? Bob Roberts takes on these questions 24 years before the MAGA movement would make these questions almost cliche. Last week, we talked about how the candidate, originally supposed to be a satirization of the way American politics, but the Democratic Party in particular, had become an empty and superficial husk. I say there has got to be a better way. <laughs> to me, that's what this election is all about. This week, it's the Republican Party and frenzied cultish insanity of conservatives in particular that gets our attention. Of course, none of this alarming behavior started with Trump. In fact, it's always been central to what was originally called movement conservatism. Their overwhelming majority here is no accident, but is the result of months of meticulous groundwork by Goldwater campaign workers in the precincts of every state. And in some ways it makes sense. Although many televangelists and preachers eschewed politics at first, movement conservatism has a lot of its roots in evangelical Christianity. But the kind of revolution that the world needs is a spiritual revolution. These Christians, far outside of the mainstream in a secularizing society, have built their own pop culture and media empires. Movement conservatism permeated the same college campuses that left-wing radicalism and anti-war sentiment did throughout the 1960s. Along with Students for a Democratic Society, Young Americans for Freedom, or the Yaffers, grew up as a mere image student political society for conservatives. They often clashed in the same campus spaces. Conservative students read Ayn Rand, Barry Goldwater's Conscience of a Conservative, had their own happenings, political organizations, musical tastes like Pat Boone and Donnie and Marie, and protest movements. Bob Robert satirizes the obsessive drive conservatives had to create their own counterculture. Conservatism is the new counterculture. But in the 90s, right before Bill Clinton triangulated Democrats to the right, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Bob Roberts, the character played by Tim Robbins, appears as a conservative folk singer, gleefully ripping off and parodying left liberal folk singers like Bob Dylan, Pete Seeger, and Tom Paxton, you know, the stuff Forrest listens to, in an attempt to erase or at least rewrite the 1960s. Self-determination, the choice to be what you want to be, and I wanted to be rich. But is it really rewriting it? Four years before anti-war activists on the left joined the McCarthy and RFK campaigns in droves, young conservatives became yaffers and dedicated themselves to the ill-fated Goldwater campaign. I would remind you that extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. Some of Nixon's most savvy operators, from Roger Stone to Pat Buchanan to Roger Ailes, were young conservatives trying to connect Nixon with the zeitgeist he despised but also craved adoration from. Suck it to me? <laughs> the CIA plays a large but unseen role throughout the movie. Both Giancarlo Esposito's Bugs Raplin and Gore Vidal's Senator Brinkley Paste seem to be the last crusading liberals who care about CIA malfeasance in post-Reagan America. Before its current incarnation as an anti-drug organization, Broken Dug or transport planes that were involved in the smuggling of drugs. And why not, I guess? The Iran-Contra scandal fizzled out, and George H.W. Bush was a literal CIA director connected to the Kennedy assassination by friend of show Joseph McBride during the 1988 election. 
a running plot throughout the movie as Alan Rickman's sinister campaign strategist, Lucas Hart, connected to Iran-Contra as the head of Bob Roberts' charity, Broken Dove, supposedly contracted to build public housing, but actually a front to buy planes to smuggle cocaine from Nicaragua. This is not an investigation. This is just another example of the depths to which the U.S. Congress is prepared to sink. As Bugs Rappling contends in a great speech, these seemingly differentiated plots, from Bay of Pigs to Watergate to Iran-Contra, are actually one big plot, and the same people move in and out of them. The supposed shooting of Bob Roberts on the campaign trail, leaving him claiming to be paralyzed, is reminiscent of the 1972 shooting of George Wallace. A despised segregationist turned paralyzed martyr. It's all pretty depressing as we witness a similar Pennsylvania Senate race where a cultish conservative celebrity, wholly unqualified, tries to get elected. Guys, that's $20 for crudite, and this doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous. In the MAGA era, nothing has changed. The same names, Roger Stone, Roger Ailes, John Bolton, Elliot Abrams, just keep appearing. Elliot Abrams is a right-wing hawk who was convicted in 1991 for lying to Congress during the Iran-Contra scandal, but he was later pardoned by President George H.W. Bush. Bob Roberts' crusading liberal characters seem almost idyllic. Folks don't realize something. You can't kill the truth. Bob Roberts is not going to be stopped by any bullet. He'll be back. And man, you better watch out because he's headed straight for Washington. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. They just got back from touring on the East Coast. Christina Oaks, when she's not dog-sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at at cosmopolitics, and on Patreon, throw her some subs on Twitch and join that Patreon. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. Without further ado, let's get started. So suffering. So long. <sighs> oh, boy. The pain. Stop the pain. count. Stop the count. He's suffering too hard. I'm Stop suffering from... Outro Warnock's in the lead. Yeah, one percent of those I think... I think he's, I, I don't, I can't see people like voting to put Herschel Walker in there. I, I just can't. Like, I, I, like if, if it wasn't just this deluge of like constant fucking scandal, right? Like if it was just the one abortion or like his kid hadn't turned on him, like if he had, I think 50% less scandal, I might be like, yeah, no, I hope he'll throw. But I don't know. I, don't, I can't see Hersh. I can't see people wanting that guy after I like, I, I will know. say this at first it was like her, like Warnock's really far, far, ahead and then some red counties came in and they were close and now it's back to because they're getting atlanta votes now so it's like 70 to 28 percent so we made it 2.3 seconds before we started talking about uh the results with one percent reporting so that's pretty good uh, uh <laughs> that might be a new record uh, i'm not hey, just want to point out for the uh for the jury i didn't do it 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Let the, let the record show. Uh, we are going to be doing wall-to-wall election coverage after we talk about the movie. Uh, and probably right. after I eat a little bit of food because I have not eaten today. <laughs> oh I realized right before going on and I was like, my stomach, why is my stomach like bugging out today? It's because I haven't eaten really and I haven't slept. All right. Fantastic. The thing I love most about election coverage when people, A, bitch about being late because they live on the East Coast and they, they're old and they go to bed early. And B, when people are bitching about being inconvenient so we're, we're right down the line for being an actual like doing election results like newscast because people are already complaining about it yeah more and more people go. i'm not I, exactly. I don't feel i don't feel inconvenienced i just treat my body like shit. Of the voters, <laughs> so it's cool that we're talking about the pennsylvania center race it's just that we're talking about the fictional one from 1992 instead of uh <laughs> instead bob of roberts bob roberts and his famous crudite he would but, not. He would, Bob Roberts would not have made that mistake. Bob, Bob Roberts, Roberts is a much better candidate than Dr. Roberts. <laughs> to be very clear, Bob Roberts actually as a candidate is very good. He's actually very very sharp and calculating. Like he knows his audience. Like um, he definitely works the media objectivity angle over and over again. Yeah, uh, you know, like perfect examples like when he's getting interviewed and like the newscaster lady like kind of tips her hand of like you know I'm basically finding him repugnant. Uh, and, you know, he does the whole, like, well, you're supposed to be objective, blah, blah, blah. A whole speech that just wouldn't exist now because the idea of objective journalism itself is just like. Well, you know, I mean, it's the fake news thing. He would have just been like, mm-hmm. you are fake news. Fake news. Exactly. Oprah. Young. And she is supposed to be Oprah. And the crazy thing is I uh, I, I watched this movie on Thursday. And uh, a couple hours before that, Oprah endorsed uh, Fetterman and said, don't vote for Dr. Oz. Right. So it was like. But she I'll made Dr. Oz. She is culpable for Dr. Oz. Yeah. And Oprah never never it never gets brought up in the conversations like yeah nobody would know who that guy is if not for oprah winfrey i've heard it a lot like in this race i haven't heard that like i haven't heard it before this year really uh like i haven't heard too many people i mean i've heard it with dr phil i guess she kind of created a a monster that is dr phil who uh you know dragged uh dragged fucking matt walsh into the uh into the the, the the sphere of everyone knowing is really just like damaging media figures just dragging each other into the public space like over and over again it's like a chain it's like a human centipede of no it's just the human centipede <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you like you see why i thought this would be perfect to actually cover on election night right i mean like it, it's it's like this this is it's prophetic but it's just like this these are just, this is what it is now this is what politics is I, I believe the word you're looking for is prophetic <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's something like the, you know, the the sneaky media objectivity line that he uses over and over again, where he's like, you're supposed to yeah. be objective, which means you're supposed to agree with me or not question anything that right. I say. Yeah. Or, you know, it's it's the demand that people, I mean, that that's just been taken on full, like, without even, uh, you know, pulling for the objectivity line, like, fake news is just that, right? Like, fake news is the, is the uh, uh, moronic, like, caveman version of that, kind of, where it's just like, I, I can't say, like, objectivity, I don't have that word in my vocabulary, so I'm just going to say, you are fake news. You are fake news. <laughs> and, and like and, and, everything terrible, uh, it was you know given to us by the Clintons. Um, you know, it, and was, it, uh, it was the beginning of the working the refs. It, it was like working the refs as like, well, you're supposed to be like balanced. Is what's about? It's a liberal media bias, like that that stuff. And it was the beginning of the work in which everybody turned to an art pre Fox News. This is pre Fox News, guys. This movie exists before Fox News, not before like the right wing media empire. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like before Fox News. You are Fox News. You are. (laughs) 
Go ahead. I, I mean, Sorry. this is after uh, AM radio, uh, you know, and talk radio really blowing up. You know, we have, you know, the rise of Rush Limbaugh. This is this is a reaction to that. Still huge in Wisconsin, by the way. Uh, right wing talk radio yes. is like huge in Wisconsin. It's just a water bottle. This is Zen water. You're going to want to check out the, uh, the the later show, sir, <laughs> for if you want to see some serious drinking. And also see yeah, apparently 100. He will be drinking some shampoo then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on an empty stomach. They say never to drink shampoo on an empty stomach, but you know what? I don't care. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to calories, man. You, you need those calories to, to, to get through tonight. Do you guys so who, know that I am a police officer, by the way? Dun, dun. <laughs> is that, is that true? Do you have a, you got the haircut for it now? <laughs> you do kind of have a cop haircut. That's true. Yeah. No, no one else in the panel would, would get mistaken for a police officer. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't either. Although, maybe like I, no, I might get mistaken for an undercover trying too hard to look like a total mess. Like that might be what I get confused for. Like I would like to propose a, a police style buddy movie where everyone does dress like how we dress and has our personality types, but our cops. That would be good. It'd be, a whole, it'd be like a Reno nine one one kind of thing. But us anyway. Thank you. We'll start on that. 45, 45, yeah, 45 Jump Street. It's the, <laughs> I just, but I just want to see Christina bust people in the Corel Deville outfit. Is really what it comes down to. <laughs> there, and Andy to give like a stern talking to with like an open throated uh, cowboy shirt. You know, like whatever. It's it's a visual thing. It's a visual there was this meme yesterday that was like, "This is the future liberals want," and it's like a someone like a blonde woman standing on top of a hill, and it looked like Christina holding a fucking whip. <laughs> like it oh, was yeah. it was the kind of like it's the kind of shit she wear for like a uh, for cosplay too. And it was yes. just like this is. <laughs> Yeah, like we add water, who was also a side musician, banjo musician. Actually, he yep. would sit there and just fucking weirdly strum the. Dun, 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 dun. Well, and, and uh, Lee Atwater, it used to be like his tactics were extreme and bizarre, and like, oh, they're kind of over the line. And now it's everybody does Lee Atwater. I mean, I live in Wisconsin. I've had to like, basically every every mailer that I've gotten is, did you know Mandela Barnes was black? You know what that means. You know, it's like not saying that exactly, but it's like, holy crap, this is beyond dog whistle stuff. Like that's basically like if Johnson managed to pull it off, which I don't think he will, but if he does, it'll be racism that won. Right? I mean, I literally had Stephen Miller's America First Legal Pack run ads saying that Joe Biden put white people last and Kamala Harris said that COVID checks should go to illegals first. So let's just say whatever he wants <laughs> well living in a blue world. state i don't There's get no, that you, and that's <laughs> and that's bringing it back to bob roberts right the idea of objectivity we're past the idea of like we've had two different uh i mean more than two different kinds of reality but like in 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 journalism right like mainstream journalism like we've created two different very separate realities where one is like you know liberal like um i don't think that's uh that's accurate and i'm going to fact check it right now and nobody gives a fuck and then the other one is just like, nobody like, cares nerd yeah and then and the other one is just like you could just say whatever like there's no limit to what like sean hannity or fucking tucker carlson or somebody can say right that they can just say whatever they want and like you know the the, the um, I'm entertainment i'm not news i can get away with not being sued but they also they, hey, I got the papers right here. They're all lizard people. <laughs> they uh no, but the other the other thing about it is if you're an advertiser because it's a right frame based reality, right? And this was the like yeah. the, there wasn't words for it, but the idea of being like these are your trusted sources. Obviously, uh, most perfected uh, originally by Rush Limbaugh, but then perfected by like Fox News and like the the Murdoch media empires and things along those lines. The fact that they have this whole ecosystem where they can 
again, you work the ref when it's like outside of the circle of trust <laughs> to, to basically, and you work it so hard that they just preemptively, Oh, well, we have to bring Kaylee McEnany on or whatever the hell her <laughs> name is uh, onto the CNN panel. Why? Why? Cause you, cause you need like a ditzy blonde chick that like, you know, has decided it's more money to be conservative uh, and talking and then like worked out great for her. She ended up being working in the white house. And then like, you know, she's now she's a media insider. I'm sure she'll be back on CNN and hosting a show. Just no, if like, you're conservative, uh, you're not, you're not an insider. Somehow you're not establishment. That's what well, I, they have. They have what's her, what's her face that worked for Bush that like literally took over like one of the slots on MSNBC. It's like, really? Okay. Just, and they have, uh, I mean, Joe and half the project for a new American century or like featured guests on the, on those well, Mor Joe. morning Joe, morning Joe was a tea party Republican, uh, you know, uh, yeah, no, he was, uh, like, he was the English Republican. He was a, he was in, but he was also like part of that tea party movement. Like, right, like right, right. Sorry. Anyway, you know, chumming, chumming the waters. I'm pretty sure. He, and he, he ended up apologizing for that I think later he was on. Out of office at that point. Point of fact is that this movie was very prescient in a lot of ways, not the least of which is that like he's this Bob Roberts, the character, the Tim Robbins character, Bob Roberts, the anti-folky, the, the like the, the the right wing Bob Dylan, right, is, is just incredibly good at messaging and uh, stays on his message and reestablishes his frames. And the fact that he does so with the songs that are quite good is what makes this a better movie than most. Because a lot of times, a lot of movies might try to pull it off, but the songs are just like perfunctory and like, yeah, you gotta suspend disbelief. But the songs are actually very well written. I think it was him and his brother, if I remember correctly. That, uh, by the way, yeah, he was he was out of uh, he was out of office by two thousand one. I thought there was a was he was he there was there was something where he apologized at one point for like his role in creating the movement that ended up he killing. He was part like, of, the, uh, of he was the Gingrich, uh, you know, like like the uh, Contract on America crowd that that came in and. Uh, 96 uh or this no, is exactly yeah. when this movie is taking place that 94. we're talking about <laughs> yeah but basically have, uh, just and, and, christina was, was we could have our own parallel show what did you, you think about my point that i just just made there with those guys had that conversation i'm sorry i wasn't paying attention to the election results all right, in Georgia. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all right so far so far atlanta so here is here is a canceled canceled interviewer Charlie Rose, uh, yeah. <laughs> the bathrobe before, guy. Before, um, you know, <laughs> before uh, uh, Kevin's, uh, uh, what's his name? Kevin Pollock got his uh, got his set. So I I feel like maybe like close your eyes within this, and you know you can hear Tim Robbins describe his politics in this, and. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the clip that that I pulled for this, and yeah, uh, you can hear him. And if you close your eyes, you you can't really tell a difference between what he's talking about. Besides the names of the actual, uh, you know, like uh, progressive senator, like, to mention like one progressive senator, I guess. But like if you if you uh, switch that for like Bernie Sanders, you can't tell a difference between what he's talking about here. I don't think, and uh, like a conversation we'd have today about establishment media. So I kind of find this fascinating many people as you possibly but when you went around to raise the money come back to the political activism but when you went around to raise money for bob roberts did they say come on tim i mean all you're trying to do is raise money to make a film that in a sense uh promotes your own political agenda well not really because my, my political agenda has nothing to do with bob roberts political agenda i know I, I know it doesn't but it was almost like you were satirizing his political agenda yes but at the same time i was satirizing gore vidal's yeah. and, and bugs raplin's you know the other characters i i think there's a you know there's a certain amount. Of course, I don't want to promote Bob Roberts or the Bob Roberts of this world. But at the same time, it's not a simple black and white issue. There are all kinds of grays in there. And, and I think 
the ma my major ambition in making that film was to create <laughs> something that was about something, but also had a good sense of humor, not only about its subject, but about itself. Something that could laugh at itself, something that said, did not take itself so seriously. Um, you know, I think it's a, a real important to have a sense of humor, especially when you deal with these things. <laughs> but politics and music. Yeah. Yeah. Did you write Bob Roberts? Was it? Yes. You wrote the screenplay? Yes. Yeah. And my brother wrote the music. And whose idea was it to cast Gore Vidal? Uh, it was my idea. And where did that come from? Well, uh, I, I met him. Because it's perfect. I mean, it is an extraordinary performance. Oh, isn't it great? Oh. It's like uh, well, you talk to him, and he said he he it was, it was as if his grandfather was with him the day yeah. he was shooting. That. Just, just tell the story. His grandfather, because he used to read. His grandfather was a senator who was blind. blind yes. And he would read to him when he was like a teenager. Right. Yeah. It was very interesting. And and uh, he, uh, what happened was we were. I just set him in front of the camera. I said, "Okay, here's the deal. You've just been defeated." Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about America, about Bob Roberts. Yeah. And he just started talking. And as he was talking, he started to open up more and more. And before you knew it, there was this incredible tragedy in his eyes that, that actors can't reach, you know. And uh, it, was, it was really a moving experience for, for me. Because he was reflecting his own sense of... Well, I think the whole country's sense of yeah. disillusionment with, uh, with what's happened. How would you characterize your own poli your your politics? Uh, well, I I I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I it's really hard to to label it. I I wouldn't say I'm a liberal because there's so many things that liberals do that uh, I I find repulsive. Like there's an awful lot of liberals that are about to vote for Giuliani. You know what's that all about? Uh, I think we're headed down a terrible terrible road if that's the case. Yet at the same time, I suspect that you feel like that there's a lot of problems in urban America that are not being attended to. Uh, That's true, by but it's not going to help any. To mob rule is not going to help anything. I mean, this is a man that marched with with police to city hall and and, and broke through barricades. I mean, this is not. This is yeah, not yeah, a. I, 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 because he was here on this broadcast on Friday night. His uh -huh. argument is he didn't do that. That he was two. You know, he was two hours later when he made his speech, and that it was a different. Thing okay, well, that's his know. argument. He's running for office. He has to say that. Right. But the point is that this is a this is an awfully progressive city, and there's an awful lot of programs that need to stay in order yeah. for us to not have more problems, like, for example, uh, rehabilitation and, and um, homeless shelters and things that are you know it would be better if, there, if we didn't have to put our money into that. But the the hard cold reality is we do, and and someone coming along and saying that you'll be pushed out of a homeless shelter, you know, after a certain amount, after of, time. Certain amount of time is just going to create more problems on the streets. Mm -hmm. This is the mentality that we're dealing with here. And, and he's been you know, retracting everything in the past week. And it's just, you know, when people start retracting things, you know, it's it, what is his what is his point of view? Who is the real Rudolph Giuliani? Mm -hmm. So I, if you're going to, you know, if this is on tonight and you guys vote, if you're voting tomorrow, you know, think twice about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how old this is is that early on Giuliani before his rise and subsequent fall and then subsequent fall and then subsequent fall gets on a landing gets up brushes himself up and then just starts falling down the next set of stairs yeah exactly I think and it's ambushed by Sasha Baron Cohen like <laughs> And he ends up at a landscaping place. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's notable that Tim Robbins is kind of like uh, seen as 
you know, just like uh, like a lefty movie dude, whatever. But I mean, the guy's got a lot of critical thinking in a lot of what he does. And I've always felt that, I mean, look at the player, right? Which this came out around the same time as the player, obviously one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, it's a pretty scathing indictment of Hollywood, a pretty like dark morality tale where bad guys basically end up winning. And, uh, you know, he's not afraid to tell those kinds of stories. And I like that he expends his, especially around this time, his notoriety and celebrity to make in a movie like this, where uh, yeah, while you guys were yelling about like who was or wasn't on the contract on America, uh, what I was talking about is I don't think this movie works if the songs aren't good. Because you buy, even if you've never, you don't know from Bob Roberts, you see him playing these songs like, <laughs> exactly, like the one that's on the screen right now about like investing your inheritance or whatever. And it's, the songs are actually good. So good that he refused to release a soundtrack because he didn't want them taken out of context and like played at like right-wing rallies, like on the face of it, which they totally would have, especially now because it, everything is nuanceless now, but even then they would have, but it wouldn't, it, his, his, his idea as a celebrity candidate, which remember at the time was pretty like uncommon yeah. works because the songs are so well-written and so, and so well done. And, yeah, well, I mean, he takes the, oh, Christina, go ahead. Well, with the whole like conservatives, you know, using, you know, liberals music, you know how I many how much Bruce Springsteen hated, hated born in when, the USA. When Reagan yeah. was born in the USA. It was about being proud patriots, about like hard times coming well, they back to the chorus. The they just looped the chorus over and over well, and over again. Like the like, none of the rest like of the a Canadian bacon, you know, when they're trying to <laughs> sing the song and they, they don't know the words of the song. Springsteen like... fucking hates Republicans. He just yeah. talked he trash talk. If you ever been to a Bruce Springsteen concert, that's like half the concerts and trashing Republicans. It's great. Hmm. Um, and, and, well, but like, so, but the thing is, like, that's. Yeah. But again, that take the taken out of context was born in the USA as a, it was some like nationalistic jingoistic like anthem, which is not yeah. at all what it is. And they just were like, well, whatever, we'll just play the part we like. And it's like, no, you you actually can't do that. That's not a thing that you can do. Seriously, guys, if you're in chat, listen to the layers of born in USA. And you realize that's about uh, a soldier coming back from Vietnam, yeah, coming back from war. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 not doesn't reflect well on america or like no. american leadership like at all but if you just play the born in the usa part it's great <laughs> yeah we're playing with the fourth of july man yeah, well exactly. so so a perfect uh a perfect segue to talking about the music in this is that um my favorite like tom paxton song uh what did you learn in school today right like he takes that song bob roberts has an exact so uh good. conservative conservative remix to it and i was just listening to it in the car before i watched this and then I was like, fuck, that's that's the song that I like. But his version <laughs> of it is about how you can't pray in school anymore and God's not yeah. welcome there anymore. And it's the exact same rhythm, like slightly changed, but like the exact same rhythm, the exact same cadence of, uh, you know, in the in the original song. It's I learned the police don't are my friends. I learned that justice never ends. I learned that murderers pay for their crimes, even if we make a mistake sometimes. And that's what I learned in school today. And his version is like, uh, you know, can't pray in school anymore. God's no longer here. Like we're not like so he's taken it and turned it into the most superficially de like depraved evangelical uh, uh, expression of, um, you know, conservative grievance. <laughs> in the grand tradition of folk music, which a lot of which is like uh, reappropriated, re recontexted, new lyrics added, but like put for purposes that are deeply hilarious if you have a sense of humor about such, such things, but like obviously yeah. not, you know, on the, on the face of it, like repugnant. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like really hilarious to be like, oh, wow, it works that way. Because of course, there could be just like 
like remember at, at one time be like oh there could be someone who's like on a reality show who ended up running for office oh wouldn't that be crazy right be like oh there could be like a right-wing musician who you know did this like and, and it works in that same way it's not exactly apples to apples but it's close enough well and, and it's kind of fascinating that at the beginning they show like the spin quote or whatever they make up and the billboard billboard quote kind of where they're like you know trashing his music and then he actually becomes popular but he builds his own independent like operation of just businessmen and then you see the really sketchy scene where they're all fucking wall street brokers in his uh in his roving fucking stockbroker uh you know like wall street yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's the exact <laughs> same uh sort of operation that the way they would get these books by Rush Limbaugh and whatnot on the bestseller list is they would just buy like like boxes and boxes of, of books in bulk with no one to actually read them. But it gets it on the bestseller list and then you you just remainder them out. And that's why if you go to any thrift store, like in the United States of America, you'll see like Sean Hannity. <laughs> or, or like whatever Tucker Carlson. And because like those are just like some of the remainder books, like get rid of these. And like some yeah. of them end up at thrift stores. Most of them end up like in the dump and they still do this. This is the thing that literally still happens. But if you have people that are just like Scrooge McDuck sitting in your gigantic money bin, that's like funding your operation, you do the same thing. So is it, does it suspend credulity at all to be like, well, what if somebody got to someone to the top of the billboard charts by buying records? No, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. Well, and, and, you know, um, I mean, to bring it to the, the Goldwater point that I was making at the beginning of it, right? Like, uh, the, the first kind of movement conservatism, uh, like almost carnival atmosphere that like Trump rallies have now, you know what I mean? Like people go there, they try to sell their wares, like, uh, Trump t-shirts and like, but the, the Goldwater ones, people had built their own music, uh, things like the Yaffers and stuff. And they had like the Goldwaters as like, you know, a band singing about fucking conservative values. Like they did have that exact kind of thing that you see in this, um, you know, the only like, difference was that they weren't like a pop act, basically. Like, they, like they were. It, it was niche. Uh, it was like political music, and it was like niche in a certain way. Whereas, like the conceit here is that Bob Roberts is like you know the equivalent of like a John Mellencamp or well, something along I those mean, lines, right? I like mean, as later, far as notoriety. I'm later, if you remember, uh, the the Christian conservatives uh, it, were trying to become like hippies uh, for for a, for a time, and like you had hits like "Spirit in the Sky" by by Norm Greenbaum. Uh, which you know was kind of out of that uh, uh, that that vein, which, uh, which of, is kind of a jam, to be clear. But yeah, like, no, yeah. no, it's a great, it's a great song. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; I love that track, but but uh, that guitar hook's great. But but the the point is, is that that there there was an actual '60s musical movement of conservatism uh, that was around there, uh, you know, trying to co-opt the hippies, and it's not just what was uh, you know what 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 uh, Forrest had at the beginning of. Um, uh, uh, you know, Nixon uh, doing it. It was, it was, uh, there was a lot of Christian conservatives doing that, trying to make uh, this weird, like hippie Christian fusion stuff. Um, I still remember some of that a little bit like leftover as a kid in the eighties. Uh, like, like there were like the dregs of that were still around there. And you could find that in, in church. Yeah. Let me, let me read this so that uh, I can get it off the screen and you can not be like Wilson. <laughs> and, uh, <home> <laughs> um, I was, <laughs> I was 20 years old when Bob Roberts was released. It was so freakish at the time that Bill Clinton was running as a pro-business Democrat after defeating pro-union Tom Harkin in the primary. Tom Harkin. Anyone, anyone know off uh, the top of their head where Tom Harkin was senator from? Fucking Iowa. Like, they had, like, a solid, the most solid Democratic senator was from Iowa for many, many, many years. One of the reasons why the Iowa caucus is such a big deal, frankly, is Tom Harkin. Well, I mean, similar with, uh, you know, I mean, Idaho is now like a conservative stronghold, but like Frank Church, 
you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot oh, of yeah, uh, sure. people in Idaho that still that, like he was he was the uh, the the you know uh, like the senator Pace or whatever. Like he was that kind of senator, like someone who really was crusading against the CIA, against the intelligence service. And, Mike Ravel from yeah. Alaska. I have an update. Rand Paul won. And I mean, that was who? That. <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And surprisingly, with uh, over 500,000 votes counted for so far, Raphael Warnock is still in the lead against Herschel Walker in Georgia. I, I just can't see anyone besides like the most deeply depraved Republican. Number one, they're if they're all racist, why do they care which black candidate really? I mean, in in the end, you know what I mean? Like they There's tried to run. Nothing from DeKalb County. There's nothing from Douglas County. Nothing from Cobb County. Yeah, there's still th- th- that's. We're going to be talking about this at the show where we're actually going to be talking about election stuff for sure. Like, it's not going to be settled early, but that's, that's still, that does portend well for sure. Portend. To portend, my good sir. <laughs> well, but, I, but like, but I think it's, it's key to like think about how much times have changed, right? Because like, uh, Brickley Paste is the, the, the amazing Gore Vidal, who was like, things one of my have favorite. changed with Bob Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> what's that times are changing back things have changed since bob roberts oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> times are hopefully not changing back but uh <laughs> or maybe they are depending on where you're at if you're in iowa maybe they are but like so, uh, I, so the gore vidal thing i have the most amazing clip ever to play uh okay let, let me let me just real quick. Yeah, yeah. one of the things i love so much about the brickley pace character is he's perfectly endemic of a certain type of old school democrat like the the policy and um uh, comedy sort of uh old school liberal Right, right. That's like came there to like not like be like a, a star on cable news. Came there to like do like the work of the people, but just does it doesn't translate over to like the telegenic age and beyond. And well, he's, a, and he's, he's so outclassed. He's so outclassed by Bob Roberts. Yeah, in every way, shape, or form that they do like what is very clearly like a manufactured scandal. But he's not able to deal with it because he doesn't know how to like do that because he thinks it's beneath him. Which is yeah. How how often has that happened where like some some Democrats like, well, I'm not going to answer that. That's beneath me. It's like, no, people like literally just going to like now they just believe it because like, you know, you didn't get you didn't get it out there quick enough. And now, well, now I mean, Hillary Clinton in the email scandal, you know what I mean? Like it was a perfect exactly. example of that. But uh, no, no I, but, I think, but I love the character. Kind of, I think the character's a, great. And there's some great Gore Vidal isms <laughs> in the yeah. film, which Jim Robbins clearly like, yeah, man, go, go do, <laughs> do your thing, man. Go. We're here for it. Ahead, he's sorry. he's clearly one of the uh, he's the new front one of the new frontier uh, Democrats that wrote yeah. in on on uh, Kennedy's. I like that he does the Kennedy. Yeah, we talked about last episode in the Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. But he he kind of got carried up on Kennedy's coattails. It seems like, and then was like disillusioned by it, which makes sense. Like you know, the 1970s especially is an incredibly dis- disillusioning time, which we just talked about last week. You know, but uh, he he seems to be cynical to the point of um, you know, complete depression by the end of it. Uh, but I have our good old friend. Bobby <laughs> you? That was the guy that beat you. Like, I mean, be like that, that seriously is like, <laughs> never mind. I'm not, I'm going to do yeah. like, go any further, um, but think uh, of some of the most rotten candidates that have one office and be like, really them. Really? I mean, it's, you know, Newt, Newt Gingrich. Kind of <laughs> I'm just going to go like jump off a cliff now. Thank you. <laughs> Newt Gingrich came to power that way, but like he ran against yeah. a woman on purpose. So he could just keep slamming her with like the most sexist possible messaging. And she, but like stuff that she, like, she was like a little bit overweight, I think. And she like, you know, her family was living in, uh, you know, their state while, you know, she was in Washington and stuff. She was the incumbent. I agree, and- but I'm not talking about tactics at all. I'm talking about like, 
candidate style. Like if it was like Herschel Walker that beat you, or like Mehmet Oz. Yeah, right? it, it's probably more Oz is honestly the best allegory. It's it's literally why we're talking about this movie and why we're talking about Election Day. <laughs> but like to be like really him this this freaking fraud from New Jersey? Are you kidding me? You know. <laughs> so hopefully we don't. Hopefully that goes a different way tonight. We'll see. Or you know if we're still counting them like one a.m. But anyway, you got a clip to play. Sorry. Yeah, so this is Bobby Winant, our good old friend. Yes, uh, we need it. She needs her own theme song. What if I wrote I, a theme Bobby, song for Bobby, Bobby Winant? Winant. No. Bobby, oh, Bobby, this is her talking Bobby, to baby, Bobby Booby. This yeah, is this is her we'll, we'll you know, the most uh, the most superficial uh, interviewer I think of all time. Like I feel like she could get that. Like, uh, like what, what a pairing, Gore Vidal and Bobby Winant. I, I yeah. love it. And, and uh, by the way, I, I uh, highly request if we do do a song. It must have a lot of harp. <laughs> okay. Okay. Harp. Yes. Let the record show. Dot dot dot. Yes, I was uh, playing a part written by Tim Robbins, and um, I sort of based it, including the bow tie, on Pat Moynihan, uh, who was brilliant on every subject in real life. Old friend of mine. And never gets anything done. It's quite eerie. In 30 years, he'll never get anything done. But he'll explain what's wrong. You know. <laughs> so that was my inner image. I'm being Pat Moynihan. I'm explaining everything. Then came the improvised part where Tim said, let's show you after you've been defeated. And I'll ask you some questions. And I said, don't tell me the questions. So I'll be surprised, which means you start to think on camera, which can be effective. And uh, he asked me the questions, and I answered as, as Senator Pace. And suddenly I had an eerie feeling in the middle, what am I doing? This isn't me. I'm not impersonating anybody. And yet something odd is happening. And was, oh, Tim said, where did that come from? I said, well, I don't know. I never liked Lee Strasberg or the method. Some method acting has been going on. And then I realized that at exactly the age that I was uh, in the movie, 66, and in real life, uh, my grandfather had been defeated for the Senate from Oklahoma after exactly 30 years in the Senate in a primary, which is very humiliating. And I was living with him in Washington, and he came back from his defeat. And I was 10 years old, and he took it very badly. And the sadness in the scene was, was my grandfather. As you might guess, Gore Vidal, if he's lost an election, is already planning something <laughs> pretty spectacular to overcome it. But this guy had given up, and I was doing Thomas Pryor Gore, first senator from Oklahoma. That's a touching story. It's an odd story, yeah. Surprising story. If I'd set out to play him, I couldn't have done it. You know, I'd be too busy worrying about his accent and so on. You yourself ran for office. Yes, I ran twice, once in uh, 1960 for Congress, upstate New York, ran 20,000 votes ahead of Jack Kennedy, who's the top of the ticket. Then in 64, the seat was mine, and I turned it down, because I preferred writing to being in the House. And then 10 years ago, out here in California, I went to the Senate primary, largely to see what it was like. You know, I'm fascinated by politics, and I, I'm a commentator, and I try to supply political ideas, so I went into 
the race against Jerry Brown. Found that it was all pretty much like the movie Bob Roberts. It was all money, all illusion, no substance of any kind, just emotive sound bites and little subliminal messages that you send out to the truth. Really why I did the picture. It's, it's very funny for one thing, and it's so true for another. You get those two together, you have something special. I'm really glad that you didn't Bobby all over that clip because uh, <laughs> if, if Gore Vidal himself hadn't brought it up, I was going to bring up the fact that why it was funny slash interesting that he actually is playing a senator because he did indeed run for office. And in fact, um, he ran for office. I, now, granted, I was alive, but like a child, right? In California for the seat that ultimately ended up going to Pete Wilson, uh, Jerry Brown beat him and was the ended up being the candidate but he did he did quite well and uh, jerry brown lost jerry brown the sitting governor governor moonbeam at the and uh gore vidal is a bit of a bisexual king which has nothing to do with the senate election at all but i agree yeah <laughs> he's, yeah. he's very he's um, very uh i got very the bisexual much. lighting still going on so oh there you go okay all right <laughs> <laughs> like so I, this is uh this is mcgovern talking about uh gore vidal's drive to run for office and i kind of found it uh, but Pete Wilson, from, that's relevant because yeah. Pete Wilson uh, was senator first, ended up uh, running for governor, winning, uh, putting in a, a bunch of like really odious right wing stuff. And then all the Pete Wilson people that like were around him are all the people that ran the Schwarzenegger administration because Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger didn't actually care too much about actual governance. So it was all just hard right Republicans like around him. And I will never let anyone forget that. Uh, despite the fact that his image is now completely rehabbed, apparently, because uh, he doesn't like Trump and like is against climate change. Cool. He didn't do any of that stuff when he was governor. None of it. He was surrounded by Pete Wilson people. Typical like garden variety Republican. Go to my grave saying it. Thank you very much. But if if uh, arguably Jerry Brown uh, had not got the nomination Gore Vidal had, that's a that's a very different history uh, for the state of California and for uh, the nation, frankly. Flavor Flav says, I personally blame KRS-One for not doing John Cusack's local access show for Bob Roberts' victory. Fantastic. <laughs> it wasn't even, it was supposed to be Saturday Night Live, I think, is the, uh, what the, it, it's, what they, they call it something different, but it's Saturday Night Live for a while. Yeah, well, the guy's name is it's, even it's, Michaels or something. Like. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, and yeah, it's it's clearly Lauren Michaels, but, and like, <laughs> that's apparently somewhat controversial in certain categories. That guy is known for a lot of things, but sense of humor about himself, not really one of them. Well, Bob Roberts started as an SNL character. He gave, um, Lauren Michaels gave just like a, a budget yep. to uh, to Tim Robbins to make a five minute movie. One of those like, you know, those shorts that would end mm -hmm. up being like the Lonely Island kind of shorts. But before that, where they would just make a small movie or something. So he ended up making a small movie about a conservative folk singer. And then yeah. uh, like I, there's a clip that I have where he's talking about this later on. Um, but he was talking about how like he was wondering what uh, Bob Roberts would be doing next, like years later or whatever. And he's like, yeah, oh, he's going to run for office because <laughs> right. what else are you going to do as bob roberts but yeah so this is uh this is a little bit of the, the stuff this is uh, mcgovern here um well he's in it and uh vidal's in it but it's kind of this is from a documentary about him it's so great to talk about gore vidal too i wish we had ever had a guest on that was interested in gore vidal <laughs> political stance do i think that being gay has anything to do with my political stance i have never said that i was anything at all i am ecumenical <laughs> 
There is no difference at all between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. I'm the last. We've all known that for a long time. Well, I was co-chairman with, with Dr. Spock of the People's Spock Party until 1972. And in 72, Senator George McGovern of South Dakota appeared as an almost irresistible liberal candidate who would get us out of the war. And suddenly I realized, what's the point of our party when we have the perfect candidate to end the war? I believe we want and must have a president who will summon this nation to a higher standard and rekindle the American purpose. I believe you're going to express that tomorrow in the privacy of that voting booth. I believe we are going to prevail. I think uh, part of uh, Gore Vidal uh, despises politics, the uh, demagoguery, the uh, hypocrisy of it, but another very important side of him loves politics. Uh, if there's any uh, professional tragedy in his life, it's the fact that he never made it to the United States Senate or to some other uh, high office because uh, I think uh, an important part of him uh, covets and admires the life of public service and politics more than any other activity. Which book do I like best is probably Burr. McGovern is an interesting dude in history. <laughs> that's all. That's that's what I'm going to say about it. He uh he should really have um like the Jimmy Carter reputation where it's like you know like years later liberals are like no he was right about a lot of stuff yeah. like I think McGovern more than Jimmy Carter has uh has, has earned that for his actual political tenure I'm not talking about yes. like you know what what uh what Jimmy Carter has accomplished the post they, post uh, post presidency yeah. no no I, I think that's and, and actually I was thinking about it it's interesting that, that like I mean we've already had like the Dick Cheney biopic. Bush, Trump. I'm surprised there hasn't been an Obama. I guess there has technically been an Obama one so far. But like, McGovern's actually interesting, and a lot yeah. of people don't know about like like. I mean, he was persnickety man. Like, and he was more of like a wild card than like a progressive bastion by far. I mean, he he went yeah. to legalize pot in the '70s. Like, like, just yeah. think about that. Nice. Um, My but not during his presidential. Hey, not, during his, <laughs> not during his presidential race though. He kind of backed away from that. But um. Yeah, but uh, he, so, yeah, he was I mean, so mistreated by the Democratic Party that like yeah. he basically went indie in nineteen eighty. I mean, because he was like just so just fed up with the establishment. Basically, all the things that like the shit libs think Bernie Sanders is 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 George McGovern. It's like, yeah, those are not the same people at all. <laughs> like even a little bit. Like just because like you know, like you only can think in terms of like your formative elections, and like it has to be all about you and your boomer mindset doesn't make it right doesn't make it that an accurate assessment yeah but he, he, is, also he, gets, he also gets where's that biopic seriously i'm not even kidding he also gets like, a lot of shit for uh accidentally taking a wrecking ball to the labor portion of the uh yeah, to the labor portion of the of the democratic coalition um, my bad y'all <laughs> well <'cause, laughs> i guess know, they fucked that for a generation huh oh, my bad so it just ended up being a chaotic uh fight over like you know representation and who gets to go go to uh the dnc and like you yeah. know represent people and like this this massively chaotic fight with him and ted kennedy uh you know kind of yep. taking a wrecking ball by accident to their own coalition that would end up with them never like that kind of liberal never getting elected again because they fucking accidentally did that. <laughs> so let's uh let, let's save it for our spec script we write about uh, George McGovern. <laughs> I, 
say. But he, but I, I think it's been kind of uh, like like Thomas Frank's written about it and stuff, and yeah. a lot of a lot of the time uh, he gets a lot of shit for that. But like as if it was like a purposeful calculation, like he didn't care about labor. His record on labor was actually really good. His record on like labor was identical to like you know whatever other progressives were around at that time. He got upset that he you know it, it's it, it's the selfishness it's some to some degree. He's like you know I feel upset that I didn't get the nomination this time, and Hubert Humphrey was able to just kind of you know not even do a, any kind of primary and get into it. Like let's try to fix this. But then that coalition that's kind of doing the backroom deals and stuff was the uh the, the that's the union coalition. You know what I mean? Like as well. Like that's where they got their uh, their standing from. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good episode. I was trying to. It's do, we, do we have one-liners for this? <laughs> yeah, but it, we're, it's a it's a time it's to do it. Horrible. Like it's it's. I mean, we're, you, we're only. We have more. Did you watch the movie, Christina? Did you enjoy the movie? Like, what's? what's... Oh yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, it, it reminded. Why did you talk about it? <laughs> You're on a movie show. <laughs> well, because I'm focusing on the elections. Okay. I know you are. <laughs> yeah. We have a whole. We have a whole show where we're going to be just doing that, and there's going to be actual results. I'm just saying. You can yeah, spare us five minutes. Corella, come on. Thank you. I mean, we're, we are cutting today a little bit short on this one because I said I told everyone 8:30, yeah. but uh, you know, it's eight. We still have half an hour. That's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, she's, Christine doesn't have to participate. She can just sit there and, uh, <laughs> and scroll election results if she wants. It's fine. She can do whatever she, she wants. She didn't even vote, and she's she's worried about this. You know what I mean? Like. Don't scroll, vote. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I already knew what to expect after voting for 10 years, getting the same results, doing my part. I'm more because if I was in Georgia, hell yeah, I would be voting. Um, but Georgia needs to stay blue. I mean, I, I had notes that I wrote down about stuff I wanted to talk about. My, my brain is just not functional today <laughs> at all. I didn't eat. <laughs> I, I so think I, I should bring up uh, one of my favorite moments of this movie is that um, uh, they, they actually have um, those those campaign posters, and uh, one of them is by uh, you know legendary artist uh, Robbie uh, uh, Connell, um, who who uh, he did uh, he was like a street artist back in the eighties like like he was doing this shit before um, basically he was uh, he inspired uh, Shepard Fairey. You know, with it with uh, Shepard Fairey's street art, like he was doing the same thing, mm -hmm. but before Shepard, you know, before Shepard Fairey. Um, so, right. so you know, uh, interesting artist, and then the fact that that he basically did this format that he was doing these posters in. Um, so, so like he would have like this this picture of Reagan, where Reagan would just look horrific. Um, you know, he, he actually about his art, like, yeah, no, no. And that was when he was but alive. Like, let me tell you. Hey, <laughs> uh, but, but like, like this, what he'd say is like, like, I don't have to work to make these people look evil. I just have to paint them yeah. as they are. Um, which, which I just, I love that quote. Um, but, but, uh, he, he would, uh, he, you know, this this horrific painting of, uh, Reagan and it would say like contra diction. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Very good. Um, you know, this is 1988. So, so it's like that. You know, kind of the height of that. Um, uh, another one would be like a skull, a skull with like camouflage in the background. It would say "Contra Cocaine." Well, that that so that brings up the Alan Rickman character, right? Like, how cool is it to have like basically like an like an old school like Ollie North type uh, like Lord guy. Alan of the Rickman. But have it be Alan Rickman and have him with his like just yes. like like he could he, can he do would that. hire Hans Gruber. 
Yeah, he can do resting menace better than almost anyone. Like you know, you know. But 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 his character in this movie would hire a Hans Gruber to do something. Yeah, yeah. He's exactly. He's he's Ollie North's boss. He's not doing the Ollie North thing. He has has rubes for that. Well, and that's kind of one of the most depraved uh, moments of the entire movie, where uh, Brigley Page like uh, Paste is is you know putting that stuff out there in the um like like the information about actually having the cocaine residue on the plane. They're like. No, don't do this in open session, number one, which you'd assume is why they're challenging that senator, why they targeted yeah. him with someone from Pennsylvania. Also, uh, earlier in the in the movie, something else happens that I wrote down that you realize why um, why specifically Bob Roberts is also targeting him. There's like a different reason. But um, yeah, so he but he puts all the evidence out or whatever. And then like later in the movie, they're just like, and he got off. There was the evidence he got off. like it's just one of those like. Well, shit, dude. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that that's like, uh, you know, that's 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 key to like the ensemble. I mean, I I had forgotten. This is one of my favorite movies. I completely forgotten that Ray Wise is is in this, and it's awesome. And this is again like, uh, just post Twin Peaks or just around it. I can't remember exactly, but like people were just getting wise to Ray Wise, Uh, but he's fantastic in this. Like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a perfect sort of role for him because he's got that kind of like smiles and never reach the eyes, like as a resting state anyway, which is what makes him such a great creeper (laughs) actor. And all the people that like are surrounding Bob Roberts, like you kind of believe it. You're like, Oh yeah, this looks like a cabal of people that like they found their, their vehicle for, what do you guys think of power. what do you guys think of the device which uh, he uses throughout the entire movie more than anybody else? Where the camera is obviously following you around, they're following them around throughout everything, right? Like Spinal Tap it. style, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. As, yeah. A, as if it's a documentary, and he keeps on grabbing the photographer or the videographer and going yeah. like, no, 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 yeah, don't, don't show that. Yeah. Like, there's the one second that's really creepy where they're all praying like in a circle. And they're like, no, don't, don't show that, don't show that. <laughs> And, uh, Laura Palmer's dad would absolutely be like, if, if not in Republican politics, like definitely like a donor in Republican politics. Yeah, yeah, he'd be like like that hundred percent business owner. That that would be like that. As a fundraiser. <laughs> I wish I could remember the guy running against uh, Patty Murray right now, but uh, I can't. But uh, yeah. So so, what do you guys think about uh the the guy actually actually shooting it right? Because there's the videographer nodding Nigel or whatever. They make that joke where you actually see the camera go up and down, yes. and then there's the actual yeah, yeah, wait, where it's like rrr, yeah. Rrr, rrr, oh, it's great. yeah. You know what's so interesting about that is I reminded of the Bernie versus Trump, the two you know uh the two comedians who are who impersonate Trump and Bernie during like yeah um Anthony, they did the dueling Anthony yeah, Ackham, yeah they did a and, shot uh, the road yeah. documentary where Trump gets his hair done and he's like. Okay, you can't see this. Move the camera. He nods like <laughs> up and down. Shut it off, and then he goes and goes back up, and you see all his hair just balding. You know. I mean, there's probably like, a reference to this to this movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. As is the name Sideshow Bob Roberts. Like that really is Sideshow Bob's like name and <laughs> Kelsey Grammer's name. This, in the this, this film is very influential more than we actually like to believe, or people <laughs> like to like people forget. Yeah, people that are not named Conan Neutron. I'm glad you, I'm glad you yeah. get that because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this and I wanted like not have it be the first one but I wanted to have it placed in a position of prominence because it is uh, it's influential in a lot of weird ways and, and like yeah. down to how like newscasters interact with candidates oh my yeah. god and, and like like all the newscasters are phenomenal in it because you got Fred Ward you got uh, yep. James Spader uh, Helen Hunt um, 
um, oh, what's your name for Rocky Horror Picture Show? Who yes, Susan Sarandon is his wife. Susan Sarandon, yes. Yeah, they're married. What, what's her name from Rocky oh, Horror Picture Show? Oh, do you mean Susan Sarandon? Yeah, the one, the one who liberals all have. Susan Sarandon, who's the <laughs> <laughs> it was apparently the cause of phenomenal. all phenomenal. I want my tits to look as good as when I reach that age. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, the newscasters are really good. But, like, what do you guys think about the transformation that the uh, the British, like, presenter has by the end of it, right? Where uh, I, I like that moment of kind of honesty where he's like, um, you know, because the, the Jack Black, I mean, Jack Black, this is his first movie, and he's kind of interviewing everybody, and they're kind of giving him unfettered access because obviously he's he is the objective um, in the sense of, like, you know, just trying to tease out what's actually going on kind of person. So you see him interview everybody else. Jack Black's else. just incredible, too, in this. Just, just yeah, he's so fucking creepy. Yeah, he, I was dimly aware of his presence, but like, uh, this is what like I think it's his first. It's either his first movie role or one of the first. I can't remember which one. But they're asking those kids. Um, it's his first uh, feature feature film. But oh, yeah, well, I wish Thomas Frank was going to be a movie extravaganza mm -hmm. podcast tonight. What about that, Sean Moon? Boom. We're, we're <laughs> Facebook friends, me and Thomas, Thomas Frank. Frank. Yeah, I love that. I love that dude, man. That guy, I uh, that guy well, I, I added him when I was making that uh, Jackman documentary with his stuff. I made a one about one of his books. I would love mm -hmm. to have Andy randomly bring up Stargate references with Thomas Frank around. That'd be great. <laughs> He'd probably love it. He probably would love it. it seems like he's he probably fan. watched it. You ahead. He was on the uh, he was on the third episode of Give Them an Argument where Ben like hadn't gotten his footing altogether, and it seemed like his amount of energy that he brought versus Ben's kind of like awkward like uh, trying to like lead this conversation was like watching a ping pong ball go around like or like a, a fucking pinball mm -hmm. machine go around and around and around and around. Frank's like, very good. He, <laughs> he he's he's um he is in his weird kind of nerd way telegenic. Like he's he's, yeah. he's engaging. Wes Moore wins election for governor in Maryland. Okay. And, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, oh. That's well. That, the big thing with Maryland is they've had a Republican governor for a while, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? Larry Larry Hogan, who, th who oh. thinks he's going to run for president again. Really? All right. I only I only know that because he sounds like a sandwich, and every time I hear him on the news, like hear his name on the news, I'm like that guy sounds like a sandwich. Every time I hear it, I'm like delicious. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the line that I was trying to find is, uh, is I don't know if I like him. I don't know if he's healthy for your country, which is not a question we really ask anymore. That's funny. Way. It's <laughs> Westmore Democrat wins governor's race in Maryland. Zero percent of votes in. And that's why Republicans have like conspiracy theories. Stop. I know why they Steel. say that. But like, it's hilarious. It's like, it's like, it's like within wait like, an hour. Like within the results, it's like, you know, 56 votes are in out of like, you know, the 26% of voting in total. I'm like, that's, you have to break down the numbers. And part of it's predictions and, and you know, but like, and we can talk about this on the election special, but I, I just, I do think it's hilarious because I was curious. So I popped it up and it was like 0% of votes in winner Westmore. It's like, I, I could see where if you were less of a nerd about these kinds of things, where you might be like, like uh, what? <laughs> I mean, but they what? also just do it to yeah. whatever the allegation is. Don't let's, Whatever you were talking about, let's talk about that. Um, oh, you're gonna watch Katie Halper instead of us? All right. What the fuck? <laughs> um, no. So he says, Love you, Sean. Uh, Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna we're gonna bully you as you head out the door, I guess. <laughs> um, come back, come back, come back another time. Uh, no, but he, so he says uh, he believes in you. Jack Black's creepy ass, and then says he believes in you. Sticks up for you. So he goes, creepy. in what way does he stick up for you? He goes, he's righteous. He believes in America. He believes in making money, getting rich, not like the sensitive liberals who make you feel responsible <laughs> for everything that's gone wrong. Um, 
I, I think that, you know, it's, it's that grievance kind of thing, right? Where Big incel energy, too. Yeah. Out of that whole crew, Jack Black and the other two dudes, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is like... The original Trench Cut Mafia. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah. I, mean, I they're, imagine they're those guys are going to have like a mass the... shooting. Or like... like... They're proud boys without the need for like a social media, uh, you know, uh, cosplay appearance, right? Like they're they're if you're not looking at it in terms of branding, and you're just like, let me be like a creepy paramilitary fucking evangelical weirdo for this guy that I like a lot, like that my parents like a lot, like uh, like it makes a lot of sense. The mom's creepy too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and and I like the I like the line where uh, Jack Black's talking about how he learned to play the guitar, and the mom. <laughs> The mom is like, oh, you know, my husband thought that the devil or the, uh, you know, God's light would shine through no matter what uh, instrument of the devil was put in his hands. And it's like, you people are fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, uh, like, it's, well, this is a good ensemble movie, right? As much as, like, it's all about the titular character, like, everybody is, like, like a titular. specific kind <laughs> a specific kind of <laughs> failure or success at, at what they do and it's done so in a way that makes for an incredible at the time was incredible satire and farce that is unfortunately now just harsh reality uh but it, it's it's a very well done movie and i actually think that if it had come out later i think it would have been more like widely and more popular but if it come out later it wouldn't have been as uh, predictive <laughs> of time so it's kind of permanently relegated to like extreme cinephiles and like political animals uh, i mean it's kind of on, on some uh starship troopers type shit right like yeah because it yeah. came around right before the full right-wing turn came around like with the democrats and republicans now as two separate like, literally like i mean didn't clinton get elected like a couple months later or something i yeah. mean he already was going yeah. to win people knew that if i remember i mean i was like in high school but yeah i mean it was pretty clear it was like it was like yeah this is not gonna go and then Clinton ran to um, Bob Dole's like right on uh, in 1996. And sure the, did. <laughs> that I remember um, as well. <laughs> Bob Dole doesn't like Bob Dole's right. I actually have um, a bootleg <laughs> of the concert like I was at. I have a um, bootleg of the concert I was at that uh, during the uh, DNC uh, in the Bob Roberts concert. Oh. Yeah, no, no, it was uh, Moxie Fruvis, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, Moxie Fruvis and Bob Roberts did a tour together. It's like, this is not that would have been out. weird because, like, like Moxie Fruvis is actually, uh, you know, left. Turns out they're not lyrics guys, they're that's the thing, they don't listen to lyrics. No, no, they don't. Weird. New York Times that kills I, uh, on Protonic Reversal because that's the whole thing of like musicians <laughs> that don't listen to lyrics. Anyway, whatever. I like, I like, uh, another, another line. I think, I think it's my favorite line in the movie, um, is when he's talking in the beginning about how he left home at 17. And he has the beginning of the uh, way I'm trying to find it. I, I wrote it down. Did, did, like, tell, oh. your, tell your story about the concert you went to, I guess. Then. Well, yeah, I found no, it. it, was, got it. Uh, okay, go, go ahead, Force. All right, never mind. <laughs> no, so his, <laughs> we'll bring it back to well, the full. We're going to have a full like after party of just hanging out. Like, I figured I want to talk about the movie in these last 20 minutes before I told I thought you were looking for a thing. Sorry, I um, would have authorized No, so he says. So his uh, his fucking song at the beginning, he's like he's like I know what it's like to be without a home. I was homeless when I was seventeen. Get this straight, Jack. I didn't ramble. I didn't roam. No box cars or park benches for me. 
and <laughs> it's just such a like a weird uh vision of you know that kind of rambling like oh i'm gonna you know run away from home and join a hippie commune kind of fucking mentality but it, his version but is this like is... i'm gonna go to military school <laughs> but but this yeah because this is remember we have like now like uh at this time like 20 years of things like easy rider and, and, yeah. and stuff like that and, and like rebel culture especially boomer rebel culture which although i do love some of the of that media obviously that uh some of it didn't wear so well what turned into yuppie culture uh, but like, I mean, it's again, it, again, it's hard to describe how much more jarring that was to see it then. I mean, I would, I was just laughing the entire time. So that was hilarious. But like, yeah, like there's a lot of people that like would not have been like, oh, that's so offensive. There, there would never be somebody like that. That person doesn't exist. That's like, mm, turns out to do. <laughs> well, and there's, you know. Uh, political correctness is something that he smashes over and over again with his both his yeah. like, lyrics and his... you could pull you could pull a bunch of those scenes <laughs> and just drop them in nuance lesson which like, yeah that's right on yeah yeah I agree with that we're, we're, like in like Twitter or something now like with no nuance detected because people don't do nuance anymore. one one that one that I think is a perfect Trump moment is uh when they when they tell him to turn the camera off and he starts freaking out at them and he's yelling like what the fuck and like you're supposed to yeah. think like oh well they pretended to turn the camera off that's such like a Trump because they have so many recordings of just like something that happened happened and then trump you hear trump in the background just screaming at someone and like cursing him out and calling him a cocksucker or something yeah, and you're, yeah, yeah. you know like <laughs> everybody in that fucking white well, house i uh, mean and that's that's the key thing like they do in the office right like it, it, where it's it's like oh it's supposed to be like off camera but they still have their mics on you see them like behind in like another room or something along those lines like it's a great narrative function to pull back the curtain a little bit which is one of the reasons why this works so well is i guess they call it a mockumentary right where it's like a, it's like a documentary but it's like obviously it's a farce but like that style works really well for her. And it also, now it's, everybody just does that, right? Everyone's running around with like cell phones and shooting coverage for like a thing on Vice or something. But like, yeah, a little rarer then. Yeah. You want to do uh, letterbox one-liners? Because uh, Ben just said, you know, for our second stream that uh, he's going to have to hop off around nine to do a, a live election coverage on a different thing. So you want to try to wrap this up? We're, we're, so we're going to... We're... Okay. See, now it's on time. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to adjust our show for someone who's not on the show. Got it. All right. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I think like... Well, I mean, you told me to keep it to 8.30 anyway. Like, I'm trying to keep us in a... This is why we have a private chat. So, hey, everybody. Letterbox is a place for film. Place for film lovers talk at with into each other about the movies they love. The movies that they didn't love. The movies that are weirdly thirsty for to vote. Uh, and of course, all of this is a bottom-up democracy. No Siskels, no Eberts. Very prescient for uh, the 1992 era. Uh, and uh, everyone gets to have their say. Bottom-up democracy, uh, best expressed, working, working it out. Tight five, the comedy club, front of the brick wall, uh, in the concise and tight one-liner the brickly format. Brickly-paced wall. Brickly-paced wall, indeed. Uh, these are the letterbox one-liners for Bob mm -hmm. Roberts. There you go. <laughs> I Rick Dalton pointed when Gore Vidal entered the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. It's Gore Vidal. Wow. Love it. Senator Gore Vidal. <laughs> that FDR blanket. Oh my God. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Good FDR blanket. Good, good blanket energy. Can I write in Bob Roberts on election day? <laughs> no. 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 100% somebody that did not get the point of this movie and it's just like, wow, he seems based. 
Yeah. Oh, this guy <laughs> seems all right. The songs are catchy. I'll vote for him. Alpha, alpha folk singer Bob Roberts destroys beta cuck lib CIA, <laughs> CIA crusader. <laughs> Oliver Stone's jaw is on the floor. This is a very Oliver Stone kind of movie, I think. The the politics of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, where where it's like um <laughs> it's like boomer boomer liberal acid casualties ever so slowly conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> yeah, very much down, right down the line. But but not Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> no. Aaron Sorkin can never. <laughs> Patty Chesky couldn't have told his future this well. And this is, uh, of course, Pachevsky Network, uh, amongst many yeah. other things. His masterwork is Network. It's been covered on this show. But... True. 30 years later, this is now a horror movie. I just think 30 years later, this is now a normal movie. This is just, you know, it's you turn on the TV and you, you, just see, you just see a bunch of Bob Roberts running around. Bob, right, it's just reality, yeah. Oz Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Herschel, good. Herschel, you just come up with that. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. That, no, no. Stick with the other one. The other one. Was good. <laughs> I'm just saying they're all Bob Roberts. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> holy fuck, we're doomed. Yeah. Too <laughs> 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 ah! true. All right. <laughs> Too true. I feel such nostalgia for a time where this felt properly absurd and satirical instead of prophetic. <laughs> word yep yes jaw feels jaw definitely yes Yes. (laughs) it's like donald trump saw this movie and said let's do that yeah (laughs) also just Uh, accurate yeah i'm gonna assume donald trump though doesn't know how to play the guitar as well as fucking uh bob robert probably can play the the, the guitar as well as uh oh god um Dun, 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 dun. What's, the, what's the guy i can't think of his name right now but he got kurt cobain's guitar uh and like he went to play it and it was uh just like he couldn't play it, like at all and it wasn't in tune and like he paid like a couple million dollars for it who the fuck is that guy someone i don't care about whatever i don't know the first person i thought it was martin shakelly but i don't think that's who it is no 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 he's like a he's like a rap guy it's whatever I'll, I'll think of it like when i go to bed tonight <laughs> trying to myself to sleep this is so accurate i thought it was just a documentary yeah <laughs> you mean it's not <laughs> yeah well tim tim roberts me in high school ha 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 what incredible satire me now <laughs> sweating yeah yes we're, we're almost in a we're almost in a post-satire world i think i mean like you know, I it's hard to it's hard to satire uh, this this moment in time. It just feels it's, like it's, it's 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 impossible. I would say. Yeah. I mean, like people that have tried, it's like ugh, ugh, like don't do that. That's that sucks. Don't do that. It's like, it, and it sucks because like that's one of my favorite genres of movies. One of my favorite genres in fiction is like I love satire, especially like a deep dark satire. That's my that's my catnip, man. It's my catnip. <laughs> Not dog nip. Thank you. Uh, but those are the letterbox. Those are the letterbox one-liners for Bob Roberts. Of course, please follow the show. Moving extravaganza on Letterbox. That's Forrest over there. Uh, he is representing the show in all its majesty. I, of course, am Kona Neutron, Brokest Dove, and you can uh, find me on Letterbox as well, uh, watching all the stuff. <laughs> Prophetic. 
J. Andrew World down there is watching pretty much literally all the stuff as near as I can tell because there's stuff I'm like I don't even know this is a movie. How is this a movie? Uh, and and that, if that's of interest to you, uh, check out what he's up to. He's uh, he's he's finding diamonds in the rough, doing this, doing the stuff, doing the work. Mostly just rough. And some of them are just rough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Based you're, trying, about... you're finding those uncut jams. <laughs> There's so many uh, reviews you do anywhere. I'm like, I would never watch that in a million years. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible. But I appreciate you doing the work. Yeah, uh, let, me, no. let, let me pitch it to you. Danny DeVito making love to a woman. And, it, and it's full. You see it in full. Right? And then... And and then you're never gonna believe this. An alien jumps out and starts making love to Danny DeVito. It's this movie. I don't know if it was any good, but it was a spectacle. It truly was. <laughs> truly was truly a spectacle. Uh, Christina, Christina, who's not paying attention at all and barely on the show right now, is uh, also on Letterbox. Uh, maybe if we build enough of a grassroots campaign, she'll start uh, logging movies again. We'll see. Oh my God! Maxwell Frost wins Florida, becomes the first Gen Z and Afro-Cuban member of Congress. There you go. And if you like that epiphany, as well as many others, good, bad, ugly, and indifferent, coming up on Election Night Extravaganza in about 15 minutes. Uh, Jandrew World, take us away with the plugs. For I, I think sake. we're going to do the plugs in the uh, in the after party because, uh, yeah, I messaged you guys about that. It's just I'm trying to get through this so we can jump to the next one and, and actually get through everything on time. Um, and the plugs are going to take up to this. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into uh, to final thoughts. Uh, Christina, final thoughts. I, as someone who's like a fan of like everyone in this film, I absolutely like, I did watch the film and loved it because I was like, I, I like more political satires, please. Because I mean, like when we think of those, we all, we always think of like the candidate. But this film takes us more with the mockumentary style, like a, this, like a Spinal Tap thing. And I thought, you know, Tim Robbins is probably not the most famous of all actors, but I feel like he definitely kills it in this role. Everyone does. Al Rickman, even Susan Sarandon's in this. Um, the writing is phenomenal. President Susan Sarandon. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> What's some respect on that name? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, music's great. Uh, it's not far from reality in in any way shape or form but uh, yeah i highly recommend uh this film if you're wanting to look into more like political you know especially like satire and this film was highly referenced quite a bit in our culture we just don't realize it yeah agree conan uh one of my very few one of my very favorite films about elections um you know, uh, he's the anti-folky. He's a celebrity candidate. And that when that's back when that was just the stuff of farce and satire. Uh, it's a deep critique of all the nonsense and the celebrity-obsessed systems, which have now magnified by a thousand percent. And it works, as I mentioned before, because the songs are so great. You believe it. You believe that this guy would be like a star, even if you're like, oh, that guy. Gross. I hate that dude. Uh, the incredibly well-written songs, they're so great that Tim Robbins would not allow, allow them to be released as a soundtrack. Because he thought that they would be taken uh, at face value with um, nuance less, and they probably would have. But yeah, chimes are changing back. My land complained. So good, legit, well written songs. I, I think. I think also what works about it, um, at, like at the time, right? Like with satire. Like now, I feel like the the culture wars have taken conservatives to the point where they're just willing to pretend things that are bad are good. 
you know what i mean but like to have him actually be someone that can like uh move a crowd kind of with these because for a long time that wasn't the case for a long time for a really long time like they, they had to be good songs and then they had like a crypto reactionary message at the center of them or something and pulled people right but like they still had to be good i feel like we've reached a point of such a uh, inability to have any satire that like kid rock now like conservatives all have to pretend right. that kid rock is great and yeah, like, which which is a true and a deeply hilarious conversation but i thought we were trying to get out of here. i thought we were trying to get out of here quickly so i'm just gonna finish up real quick uh i don't think it works without the songs being good and it because it doesn't string credulity like you you believe it um robbins is great as a titular character as we he's basically a mark cogent and disciplined dr oz but 30 years earlier uh gore Vidal is fantastic as rickley faced um a man of issues and policy that is in no way prepared for the tsunami coming towards him. We didn't even mention Giancarlo uh, Esposito, most known, of course, for uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul at this point. Um, so, very different Sesame role. <laughs> most of, and you, I, I've, I have yes. clips of uh, him and him and uh, Alan Rickman both. Um, if we have some time in the like midterm coverage or whatever that we want to jump okay. on that. Uh, but yeah, also uh, great minor appearances by all the uh, James Spader, Helen Hunt. Alan Rickman's amazing as the uh, super deep sea reactionary uh, dude. Um, really great pressure in the worst possible way. Uh, predicted Santorum too. We didn't even talk about Santorum. Like Santorum, like basically did the did the Bob Roberts playbook and in Pennsylvania uh, satire that became reality. It's masterful stuff. I'm so glad we got to fit it in. I'm so glad we got to uh, talk about it at least a little bit and. Uh, yeah, I think that this is one that I would love to see like a big Criterion Collection like release with all, a bunch of extras because there's a bunch of extras anyway. But I, I think it is this is a movie that doesn't get its due. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. I don't like. I don't. I mean, besides hearing you talk about it, I don't think I've like I've seen it referenced now that I know what it is. But like, I don't think people necessarily talk about it the way that it, it's like one of like maybe ten movies I will absolutely go to war for. <laughs> as evidenced by me basically taking a crowbar and put it into the schedule <laughs> i mean i, I had you back <laughs> yeah yeah i mean andy yeah andy andy yeah we're, well, look, when you get andrew world and you get Kona neutron that's a constituency <laughs> yes um but uh yeah andy final thoughts um, I, I just one actor we have not shouted out who I thought gives a great performance in the movie is Henry Lennox, who plays the uh, the black stockbroker uh, bodyguard guy. Um, yeah, yeah. You know he's he's now doing lots of other stuff. Uh, Can I see your notably, gun? Can I see your gun? <laughs> <laughs> but most notably, uh, he was uh, Martian Manhunter in the Snyder Cut. Uh, I think it's probably the best known thing. Andy, unfortunately, you're doing so unfortunately. well. Unfortunately, yeah. DJ Khalid, by the way, is who I was thinking of that uh, got the guitar and couldn't and got like the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know how to play, and music. he couldn't even play it, and it was it was just hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, if that if, that, if you're if you're gonna bring a Martian Manor, I'm gonna bring that up because I just remember. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We the best. Uh, but, but anyways, DJ it, Khalid. <laughs> it's nice to have seen him, uh, you know, in there. Uh, to, you know, young role. Uh, he, he didn't get too many. He, 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 you know, like one of those character actors has been around, but it's it's just nice to to see him in there. And I just thought, uh, since we didn't get to mention it, shout him out. And um, uh, yeah, this this movie is fantastic. I uh, only first saw it like a decade ago. Uh, I don't know what took me so long. I didn't even hear about it in Texas when it came out. So uh, hmm. which is strange because you know you would have think like it's a word watch. of mouth movie. I feel like you have to like know yeah. someone. Yeah, like, Bob Roberts. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I wasn't really hanging out with this kind of people at the time. It was like uh, uh, weird stoners and uh, this this annoying guy who ended up becoming a wife beater. Wow. Okay. Is, that, is, is that how we're going to end this? <laughs>
Well, yeah. I, uh, my, I, I'm kind of outraged here because, uh, you know, Conan, you said to me that KRS-One was going to be the musical guest, so...